Hello and welcome to another episode of Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN, a show all about learning how to achieve your goals and dreams as a business owner or just someone looking to be successful in their lives. And I'm one of your hosts, Adam Bankhurst. And you know what? Unfortunately, everyone ditched me this week. I don't have Ron. I don't have Jeff. But thank you. But thanks to my friend James, my new friend James, because he joined me so I don't have to just talk to myself for an hour. How's it going, James? <laughs> Very good. Good day. <laughs> yeah. So, James, you you are the owner of Buckeye Media Services and a partner in Friend at Columbus. And... I, I'm just very excited to talk to you about that because I have some familiarity with FranNet and your company and stuff like that. So I'm excited to kind of dive into all these different things. But I just kind of want to start with, how's it going? How's your day been so far? Very <laughs> good. Early, all things but. considered, I, uh, you know, I love living in Ohio, especially uh, this time of year. Uh, I, I think that for everyone that's outside of the Midwest uh, that moved to Ohio, and I always ask, why did you come here to the Ohio? Well, it's four days like today, weekends like today, and months like October. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I know. It's been, the summer got pretty ridiculously hot, so I'm very happy that the temperature's going down a little bit. That's uh, that's always my my favorite. Are, are you originally from Ohio? No, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. I came to Ohio in 89 for school. I went to Otterbein College at the time, now Otterbein University, but I uh, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, very nice. And so and did you kind of stay here pretty much ever since then, or did you was travel a around thing. a bit? I was ready to head back to, uh, to Kentucky, and the girl I was seeing at the time just asked me to stick around a little while longer, and, and three kids later, and celebrating our 25th anniversary this month, Oh uh, man! I decided to become a Buckeye. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I like to hear. Well, we're happy to have you here, and you know, it seems like you made a you've made a pretty good name for yourself so far. And looks like you've been doing Buckeye Media Services since about 2003. Is that correct? That is. I, uh, yeah. So I had uh, done radio. I'd been in broadcasting for a long time, radio and television. Had a very successful career in radio and and doing sales as well. And at one point, I was with a client and. Uh, I started to tell that individual he shouldn't put all his eggs in one basket. And he was kind of perplexed that I was giving him advice that wasn't going to put money in my pocket, but that I was looking out for his best interest. And uh, when I got back to the uh, station, I started thinking about uh, I should do that a little bit more often. And I started to to look at clients that I really liked and give them some suggestions. And uh, that was the beginning of Buckeye Media Services. And in 2003, I made it official. I left my radio gig and and literally started from scratch. And uh, we'll be celebrating 18 years coming up here shortly. So it's been a, an interesting ride. Uh, it's had its own challenges, of course, as every small business owner can attest to. But I can honestly say that I wake up every morning and I look forward to what I'm doing and every day is different. And at the end of the day, I can put my head on the pillow knowing that I have helped clients uh, maximize what they're trying to do with their marketing and advertising initiatives. And that's what it's all about. I'm very happy to hear that. I know that's, that's the dream of many people and it sounds like you're living it in spades. So I'm happy to hear it now. When you, your broadcast career, were you, you know, like, were you the talent quote unquote on, on like the radio or were you working behind the scenes? What was, what was the start of your broadcasting career? I, uh, quick fun story with that also going to Otterbein my junior year, we had a project in our radio and television class and I had to send out a demo, uh, to radio stations. And I did it also for television stations and I'll never forget on, I sent them out on a Wednesday on Friday, I received a call from a program director at a rock station here locally. 
And uh, he offered me an interview and I asked him if he read the cover letter and he flipped it over and he kind of chuckled on the air and said, well, the best way I can see for you to learn about this business is to work in the business. And I got a part time job if you're interested. That same Friday in the afternoon, I got a call from the Wolf family at WBNS. They had a show called Kids News Network that I'd been doing as a project in college. And uh, I had been one of the producers taking all the kids around town, doing their shows, helping them package it, put all their uh, their shows together so it can be ready for on air. And that same Friday, so two jobs offered in one day off of a class project. And I took both jobs a uh, short time, but eventually walked away from television and went full time into radio where uh, my persona as Viper uh, served me well in the central Ohio market with a couple of rock and classic rock stations. Oh, nice. And where did uh, where did Viper come from? interesting story. While I was working uh, with a maintenance crew at Otterbein, I went out with a couple of guys who had a, a bike club. Uh, there was a guy named Hawk, a guy named Fang, and a guy named Viper. And I almost was going to be Hawk, but uh, before the end of the night, I decided I thought I thought I would go with Viper and and uh, just so I can make it known that was before the car, but not before the Frisbee. Uh, and there was a, a few other things that were called Viper, but that's where it came from was a motorcycle club uh, back uh, around 91, 92. Interesting. I love it. <laughs> I always love hearing the origin stories of all this stuff. It's fascinating to me. <laughs> so so back, getting back to Buckeye Media Services. So has it. Wh- so what exactly do you guys do? Like what is kind of the elevator pitch for Buckeye Media Services? So we are a multimedia marketing and advertising agency. Uh, We really work with clients from the ground up, helping them uh, establish what the game plan is through the planning process, uh, audio, video production, script writing, uh, even setting strategies in place, uh, depending on whether they're going to do online elements, uh, strategic media components, or if it's traditional with billboard, radio, television, uh, even online digital. Uh, We look at all of those things. Uh, and put a plan together uh, that makes sense within their budget and can sustain that for them and help them to capture market share and the category and the industry that they're in. And uh, we do that. We're, again, a multimedia marketing and advertising agency. We generally work with some small to medium-sized businesses, and that's anything less than 500 employees, really. Gotcha. And, you know, I've, you know, I've seen I was taking a look at your bio and doing a bit of research and you work with some pretty awesome clients like DreamWorks, PGA, Caterpillar, Airhead Candies. Like, I mean, there's there's some big names in here. That's that's pretty exciting. So, you know, me personally, I'm a big animation fan. I love how to train or how to train your dragon. And DreamWorks has been, you know, a big friend of mine, I'd like to say. So I, I'm just kind of curious to how did some of those come about? So a lot of that started with some voice work, and I'm an international voice actor, and so uh, I've picked up a lot of clients. I'm the voice of Caterpillar. I'm the voice of Burger King in Dubai, uh, which is very strange. Their way of marketing is very different than ours in the United States. The uh, DreamWorks and Airheads Candy was kind of a combo deal with the movie Megamind back in 2010. I always wanted to do animation, and I finally, from my agent, had a chance to go down and and was, was selected on this project, I walked in and they they pulled up the audio of what I had auditioned and I chuckled because it had been about six months. I signed a, an NDA, a, a non-disclosure agreement, and wasn't allowed to talk about it, but I had no idea what the project was. And at that time, I saw all these characters on the screen. I thought, I finally made it. <laughs> Long story short is I was actually the voice of the TV trailer that was used to promote Airheads Candy as part of DreamWorks and Megamind for promoting the movie. 
And so I had a national campaign and I was the national voice on a TV trailer, but uh, you get the big bucks when you're on the movie trailer, but that oh, was still okay. a, a small breakthrough for me and, and working with DreamWorks animations and airheads candies. Obviously it was a great experience. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's so funny you mentioned that too. Cause you know, I've, I'm familiar with the voice acting community cause I work a lot in the games industry and it's so funny how so many times, you know, with secrecy and privacy, like you, there's a lot of times you're recording for a project and you have no idea what you're recording for. It's just random, you know, random names or things. And sometimes you could piece it together, but a lot of times people have no idea what they're recording for when, until sometimes even when the, the movie or show's about to air. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's fascinating stuff. So, um, and you know, you're obviously located in uh, Columbus, Ohio. So, are there any you know good local businesses that you've been helping, or that you're kind of proud of your partnerships with? So, those that uh, you're probably familiar with, we brought Title Boxing Club to market, and by that I mean we uh, helped launch the first seven clubs and did some other things outside of the Midwest for Title Boxing Club, Quaker Steak and Lube, um, there at Polaris Parkway. First one to come in there, also. Uh, help them with their Dayton and uh, their Dayton location. Uh, Hugh White, I've done a lot of stuff with Hugh White Honda, Bob Caldwell, Miracle Motor Mart, Average Joe's Pub and Grill, Roosters, Toyota Direct. Uh, again, a lot of those were voiceover uh, assignments, uh, but I did some marketing and media for each of those in some capacity. Very nice. Yeah. So it sounds like there's been a lot of different industries you've helped and stuff. And it's always good to see someone doing good things for our community. So, you know, I'm excited to kind of dive into the origin of Buckeye Media Services and how it's changed changed over these almost two decades. So make sure to stay tuned for our story when we come back to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN. Hello and welcome back to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN with your host Adam Bankhurst and our special guest, James Minter, the owner of Buckeye Media Services and a partner in FranNet Columbus. And if you missed the first segment, we got an introduction to the wonderful James Minter, who told some awesome stories about his career in broadcasting and radio and television and working with some, you know, some of the biggest companies in the world and more local brands and helping bring awesome stuff to Columbus. And I also this in this segment, I kind of want to dive into the origin story of the superhero known as James Minter at Buckeye Media Services and kind of explore how your business has evolved over the last 20 years, because that's that's a long time and technology has you know, advanced so, so much. How does Buckeye Media Services look today as opposed to how it looked in 2003? Very different. Um, coming out of the gate, uh, you know, I had a lot of dreams and ambitions and, and had a, a roadmap uh, that I had put together. I had 21 pages, in fact, uh, going through the SBA and SCORE and doing my due diligence, going through, uh, getting everything copyrighted and and really trying to look at each area of the business. But coming out of the gates uh, as a multimedia a- advertising agency, I had in I was operating at a 2,400 square foot space at the continent. 
and that alone was somewhat overwhelming. I had a 10-year lease, which mistakes I made early on and, and, and now things I know I would approach business much differently, and I have. Uh, but coming out of the gate, I would walk down the hallway. I had nine other offices. I had a dedicated uh, web designer. I had a dedicated uh, promotions person. I had a dedicated PR person. I had an additional production person. I had two camera people. Uh, all of those, you know, depending on the client that we were working with and uh, the, st- the strategies that we were looking to put in place, I'd walk down the hall and say, you're in on this one, you're in on this one, you're in on this one. <laughs> and uh Quickly, what happened was I helped all of them grow their businesses and they grew out of my space. And then I started recruiting other people to replace those individuals. And then I became uh, a landlord, which I didn't want to become. And I quickly realized that what I really needed to do was to mainstream my services, not be everything to everybody, but to really pick some core things that we can do very well. And then I would hire independent contractors and that's what I've done. But it took me about three years to get through that and to, and to tweak the model. But really for the past 15 years, I've operated mostly uh, with our core services of media buying, media uh, planning, audio video production, marketing on hold services, and then anything I need outside of that, including my videographers, uh, I've got two or three deep in pretty much any area that I would need to fulfill a, a client's campaign, working with them on uh, whatever that whatever that need is, whether it's, again, SEO, SEM, doing stuff with online digital uh, audio video production or just looking at a, a media plan for uh, Midwest or nationally. Uh, but, yeah, it's changed certainly over the years, but the first three years, a strong learning curve. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I'd, I I love to maybe dive into that a little bit if you have, I don't know, a specific story or challenge you overcame. Because, you know, a lot of people are are probably starting businesses or, you know, have started businesses and are dealing with all kinds of challenges. So is there any specific example of like a challenge you overcame that you think might be valuable to the listeners? Well, I can tell you coming out of the gates, the things that you really want to have in place, you want to make sure you've got a good accounting system. You make sure that you have somebody that can stay true to knowing exactly what your margins are, what you're selling in terms of your products and your time, and really having a good feel for that. Uh, I tell you, I, I thought I had a pretty good understanding going through, again, talking with the Small Business Administration and SCORE and, uh, you know, asking them the questions. But what I come to find out is you need to surround yourself as I have in business all my entire life with other people that are experts in that particular field to help keep you on point, uh, making sure that, you know, when you're selling a product or a service uh, that, you know, what the time cost that's involved in that, you know, what your margins are uh, because you want to get paid at the end of the day. What I found early on, you know, I had a great client. I was probably, it was 20, 20,000 a month, but once we got through all of our production costs and started doing everything and made the media buy, I literally uh, was getting less than 15% total. And then I still had to pay a few individuals dollars on top of that. So I was working for l- less than what I was paying some of the contractors. And at the end of the day, when I started looking at my numbers, I realized there's no way I should be making this money on a 20000 a month contract. And... Uh, that was an eye opener for me that made me quickly reassess, reevaluate and be much more detailed and much more focused on my margins and understanding my time and cost involved. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's definitely a valuable lesson. And I think another another thing that I'm curious, since you are you know so heavily in the media services, and you know when you started in 2003, there obviously was you know technology and computers and all this kind of stuff. But I feel like the digital age kind of really came into its own, you know, in the decades since you've started your business. And how was that transition? Was that kind of a, a hard one? Or were you one of, you know, the early adopters? Or or how did the the more digital focused things change with you? I'd like to say that I and I try to do this with every client, depending on what the you know, what the changes are within the industry and what the trends are showing as to where everyone's going. Uh, when it came to digital, I felt like we were on the front end. Uh, even with radio campaigns, uh, I was always looking at what we could capture and include with digital aspects, whether it was an online banner ad or pre-roll video. Those things I was always looking for ahead of time on a, on a radio buy, for example. And when it came to all the digital platforms and things that you're doing, all the, you know, Instagrams, the, even the fa- Facebook, you know, there was, um, wasn't Facebook. It was, uh, <laughs> well, the one before Facebook, uh, MySpace, was it? <laughs> that one? Well, MySpace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when it, when it switched over to Facebook, I started saying there's going to be some opportunities through this. And sure enough, we've been able to take advantage of that when we do campaigns and look at geofencing, geotargeting, even when we do Facebook, Google ads, all those types of things I was always reading ahead of time. So I could prepare my clients, letting them know what was on the horizon, making sure that we allocated certain aspects of the budget. So we weren't putting all of our eggs in one basket. We were trying to build the campaign on multiple pillars uh, and fire on multiple cylinders, knowing that we had to reach our audience a number of different ways. So I would say that we've been proactive and aggressive uh, in adapting to those changes. Uh, Certainly things have changed. People started relying more on their phones and and thinking they could do everything they wanted to on the phone. But the secrets and the things you can do with post-production to make your production better and really help it stand out uh, we still have a competitive edge over over what you can hold in your hand uh, when it comes to really getting a, a good impression, a good first impression and building a call to action and and creating a spot that's going to capture someone's attention. But those times are changing, too. And, and uh, the 4K phones and all the things and uh, software you can use, you know, it's going to require us to to take a step up and and to make some other adjustments here in the near future. Yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah, like you said, with 4K and the onset of all these other devices and things that people have with them at all times, you know, the way you advertise to people is, is always changing. It's always constantly moving at the speed of sound, it seems like. But is there any, you know, in your experience, since you've obviously been doing this for a long time, is there any, anything that you've noticed that no matter what time is done, it's still useful? Like, do you see print or radio or billboards or is there anything that with even with the onset of digital that you're still seeing success in some places that may be, you know, targeted at an older demographic? Yeah, I would say, you know, from a print standpoint, that's one thing people want to throw that away. And if you got the right category, I just did a campaign for Kiwanis International, uh, 202, 224 clubs in Ohio. And we did a uh, an SEO campaign and did some Facebook campaigns and you know, targeting zip codes and looking at community papers and doing online, a lot of things that I was showing them and talking with them about, letting them know, even when you're doing uh, promotions for a club and trying to get, you know, your service project uh, and the information out in the community through the local paper, local paper still has digital. They can do a banner ad on that, on that newspaper website to get a back office link, a link to your club website and or put in print things that are going on with Facebook. Um, All of those things, again, uh, it comes down to impressions and being able to get in front of your targeted demographics. So print, certainly, I think, um, 
needs to be there. And I, even with radio, you know, people want to back off of radio a little bit, but you can get all kinds of frequency on radio with impressions so that you can set the brand in their mind for top of mind awareness. Yeah. You know, I think having someone like, like you with the expertise, I think is really helpful for people. Cause like you said, I think you do kind of need a coordinated attack with certain things. And like you said, things working in like in synergy together, because it's like I said, things change all the time and people are looking at different places and it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's a tough thing to know exactly what to focus on, but there's, there's still ways you can make stuff work. If like you said, you have really good production value and you really make sure you're targeting the right places. So it's, uh, it's, it, it, I'm sure, like you said at the beginning, I'm sure every day is different and it's never the same. So it's probably been keeping you pretty excited for the, these last two decades. Definitely. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. So, you know, we've talked a lot about Buckeye media services, but you have another company that you, that you work with and you're a partner in, and we have a couple other topics to get into, but unfortunately we must take a break real quick, but we will be back with grow like a pro on 610 WTVN right after this short break. Hello and welcome back to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN with your host Adam Bankhurst and our special guest James Minter, the owner of Buckeye Media Services and a partner in FranNet Columbus. And if you missed some of our conversation with James, we've been talking about Buckeye Media Services and other things that uh, James has been involved in. But there's one other big part of James that we haven't really focused on, and that's FranNet because James, you're a partner in FranNet. And what exactly is FranNet? I guess we could start with. Right. Well, Franet Columbus uh, covers all of Central Ohio and Southeast Ohio. I'm a partner with Ted Fireman, who uh, is actually the franchise or the franchise owner of Franet Columbus. And uh, actually, I became a broker and a consultant with franchise with Franet uh, because of the franchises that I was already working with. They they had a lot of things what used to be called Discovery Days. Some franchises have changed that, and it's you know meet the executives, meet the team. But initially, it was a discovery day. And working with Title Boxing Club specifically, I uh, attended a lot of discovery days and some of the other companies and businesses that I worked with that were looking at franchising or looking at their policies. And, and again, I was working with them on marketing and advertising. So even those that were franchise owners, uh, they would come to me and ask me about you know the marketing and advertising. They have royalties that they pay uh, as a franchise. Some of them do, not all of them, but most. And, you know, then they have an allocated budget. Well, through all of that process and helping these franchises and and really going a little bit deeper of understanding the franchise world, I really became very interested and thought that that could certainly become something uh, within my wheelhouse. And it is. It's a very natural fit. Uh, I, I approached Ted and I had some great conversations and then came on board. But uh, I really like it because, again, whether someone's looking to build a business, uh, grow their business, or if they're a franchise owner, I can really help them a couple of different ways. And so that makes me feel good and it allows me to help uh, whether they're you know, an independent business doing their own thing or they are purchasing a franchise. I can assist or if they're interested in purchasing a franchise so they don't have to start from scratch like uh, thousands of others do and avoid a lot of mistakes. Uh, you can... You can uh, jump to the head of the line, if you will, when you pick up a franchise, because a lot of those systems are in place, proven systems in place, which hopefully um, doesn't guarantee you success, but gives you a better chance at success. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I feel like owning a franchise, you know, sounds great. And I feel I've, you know, 
in my personal life, I've heard a lot of people say, you know what, there's a lot of companies or brands that I think would be awesome to be a part of or to own something. Do you have any kind of, you know, top level thoughts of people who may be interested in getting in the franchise game, like things to look out for, or what you've kind of noticed in your years working with specifically franchises? Well, there's, you know, we just, you know, going through what we're going through now, you know, there's franchises that are either recession proof or now we're finding out that they might be pandemic proof. And there's different categories and different industries that you can get into and, and look at. But those are some of the questions you want to ask, you know, uh, first and foremost, you know, when you have a consultant or a broker, you really shouldn't be paying them. They're, they're essentially matchmakers. So once they help you find the right fit, the franchisor that sells you the franchise, uh, they reimburse the brokers and the consultants. So you should never pay for that for starters. But when it comes to industries and looking at it, um, <clears throat> I think your passion, you know, understanding if you want to be a hands-on uh, type of a manager, or if you want to be uh, someone who is hands-off, um, those are questions when you do certain assessments that will reveal the type of management style you have. And, and if you want to be an absentee owner, uh, and do some of those types of things that can be revealed. But those are questions that you definitely want to ask up front to make sure it's a good fit. You're buying into a system that, you know, five, seven, 10 years down the road, you might look to resell or, or even add more to it. And you want to make sure that you ask all the right questions in the beginning, do your due diligence, um, you know, from a, you know, not get too strapped when you go in, make sure you've given yourself enough capital. Uh, all of those types of things should be discussed uh, to make sure it's a good fit for you and your family because there's time involved. Even if it's a franchise, you're starting up a business, there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of things you've got to take care of and a lot of responsibilities, but you've got to make sure it's a good fit for you, uh, your family, make sure it's helping you to meet your financial goals, your personal goals, all of those things come into play and, and that should all be part of those initial discussions with uh, the franchise or the franchise broker or consultant that you're working with. Gotcha. And then, you know, speaking of time commitments and all that kind of stuff, how was it kind of combining Buckeye Media Services and your work at FranNet? And how has that kind of transition been of making sure you're not, you know, getting overwhelmed or taking on too much? So again, a lot of the clients that I work with, I was already doing a lot of the media buying and media planning for them. So it was kind of a natural fit. And when it comes to franchises, um, you know, you may, you may sell three or four franchises in the course of the year. It takes a little bit longer because again, this due diligence, it could be a three to six month process for each one. So there is some downtime in between and you want to make sure that, uh, you don't get overwhelmed. Um, so I do, I, I, I try to keep some, some core clients. The one thing that makes Buckeye Media unique is that if we have a client in a particular category, whether it's automotive, whether it's childcare, whether it's collision center, uh, we only have one client in that category. So I don't have to think about five or six different campaigns as it relates to that category. And when I'm looking at uh, FranNet, uh, I usually put three or four options in front of a client. So we're only looking at three or four options at a time there as well. So I try to balance that out in the, in that way. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a, uh... Sure, it's a interesting balance, but I, I think I I appreciate I, I like the fact that you found a two passions that kind of work together and can really help each other. So I think that's that's a pretty cool fit and seems to be working out pretty well. Um, so you know, obviously, you've been in this business a long time, and I know with today's day and age, you probably have not seen anything quite like what we're living through at the moment. Um, how has the pandemic affected you? Like what, what has it done for Buckeye Media Services, FranNed, and kind of your own 
your own plans and goals? Like what, 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 what has this pandemic done to you and how have you kind of overcome some of the challenges that, that you faced? Well, I learned a long time ago uh, to make sure that you keep the funnel full. So by that, uh, for those who aren't familiar with that phrase, you know, making sure that you're always working, always marketing, always hustling so that you have, you know, three or four projects ahead of you uh, and that you never slow down. You never, the worst thing you can ever have in business is a slow day, a day off, you know, other than a scheduled day off if you're taking Saturdays and Sundays off, of course. But I, uh, I've always done that. And so fortunately for me at the beginning of the year, January, February, I was already working on April and May business uh, with the works that I had already lined up, scheduling out already done, and clients I had already met with, even for FranNet. So when March hit, even though the world flipped upside down and everybody started to panic a little bit, I at least had enough to get me through March and April. Uh, May, June were very rough uh, across the board. People didn't want to meet face to face. We were just getting people acclimated to Zoom and being able to have those meetings and not being able to do it face to face, you lose a little bit of the trust factor. Uh, but you know, fortunately, May and June uh, was able to still work through some things. Uh, clients that I had, some backed off, some pulled back on their campaign spends. Uh, but I had some that took full advantage of it, and they're benefiting from it now. Where you know, when radio and TV and print and digital and all that stuff, they were hurting just as bad as everyone else. So there were some unique opportunities there to at least build the brand of some of the clients that I had and those that took full advantage of it were able to get their brand and their messaging out there uh, inexpensive. And it's helped them in terms of their competitors who were not following suit. Uh, now they're, they're, they're having the benefit from that uh, on what they're doing for August and September business. Yeah. And what, what kind of, has has the actual campaigns and stuff and changed and the change in how you market things has that been kind of a big factor of things kind of like these companies you were talking about that that were pushing forward and making stuff did you find that any specific type of marketing or campaign helped more than others in these you know different times well we still did uh, we still did radio and we still done social media and geofencing, geotargeting, and digital campaigns. So all of those uh, have proven to be successful uh, at different levels. And again, those are when I talk about pillars. I always try to have you know three or four things going so that people can see, hear, read, and then uh, pull something up online and and they get retargeted online. Even so, all of those efforts uh, I think work hand in hand and have serve the clients that we work with very well during this period of time. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy one, but it's, it's good that there's people like you still pushing forward and helping others. And we'll dive in a little bit more about, you know, how that's changed your outlook of things and what you see for the future and also what your future plans are and what people can, you know, maybe look forward to, or if they want to get in touch and get more involved. So make sure to stay tuned to grow like a pro on 610 WTVN. And we'll be back right after this break. Hello and welcome back to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN with your host Adam Bankhurst and our special guest, James Minter, the owner of Buckeye Media Services and partner in FranNet Columbus. And we've had a great conversation with James so far. And unfortunately, we're at my least favorite part of the show, the end, because that means I have to let James go soon. But that means we still have about 10 minutes left of, of great conversation and tips. And James, I, I would kind of like to give you the floor, you know, just to finish up this top this talk about the pandemic 
pandemic and kind of the tough times we're dealing with. But do you have any other kind of, you know, words or thoughts or things that you may want to give our listeners who may be running a small business or trying to get through this? Is there anything that you've seen or any other tips you may have for people out there that that may need a little bit of a little leg up, if you know what I mean? Well, I would I would encourage people, especially um, young businesses, new businesses. First and foremost, if you have not taken advantage of the opportunities, a lot of free services like uh SCORE, uh, which is the Service Corps of Retired Executives, or SBDC, which is uh, affiliated with the Columbus State Campus and Small Business Administration, SBA. I would definitely look at those resources. You definitely need to have a business plan. And, you know, when you're trying to get funding, banks are a little gun shy at the moment now, but, you know, there's still money being lended out and uh, there's still opportunities that exist. But having a solid game plan and looking at how you can fight through uh, either a recession or a pandemic. Those are things to always have top of mind now moving forward with whatever business decisions you make. And if you're in business still fighting through it, the best advice I can tell you is don't give up. Uh, Don't give up from the standpoint that don't just quit, hold off, stop doing your marketing and advertising because then you'll fall further behind. Don't say that to put money in my pocket. I say that so that your name, whatever your business is, whatever your product and services are, that people still know you exist and that you're around. The worst thing can happen is people stop hearing about you and think that you know, you're no longer around. So whatever you can do, the simplest of things, even if it's only $100 uh, a week or $100 a month to stay visible on Facebook or do some type of a campaign um, just to have your name out there. You can tie in with promotional things. You can find community partners. There's a lot of unique and creative ways to get exposure. And I would uh, encourage you and your marketing team uh, to try to look for those opportunities, you know, uh, promotional events with, with uh, civic organizations, with community organizations, schools, etc. You can do that for a relatively inexpensive uh, amount and and get some decent exposure, at least to stay in front of members of your community. The branding has to stay intact. Your promotions, things like today, the, a radio show or a podcast or, you know, finding articles or blogs that you can put on your website that's going to help you gain exposure organically online. Those things are helpful. Um, you know, all the, the social media stuff, traditional media, uh, getting involved with TED Talks or being a guest speaker, um, if you're an industry expert in your field, you know, find a way to, to talk and share that even at local libraries, all that seems so small, so simple, and maybe beneath some people. But if you're really struggling, those are all valid opportunities that you can look at. Yeah, I think, I think that's super important because, you know, in today's day and age of, you know, Twitter and Facebook and social media and all this stuff, I feel like and also people in general have a very short attention span. So it's like they're going to be focused on the things they see and the things that catch their eyes. So if you're getting out in the community, if you're, you know, like I said, starting a podcast or just having ads pop up here and there, like you will stay top of mind. And then, you know, when things hopefully pick up or things will happen, people will remember you. I think that's a very important thing because, you know, as tough as things are now, if you just stop and you get far behind, that's going to be even tougher to, to continue through. And one thing I would add to that, Adam, and this applies to regular business and even those that might be interested in a franchise, but for veterans out there, there's a lot of very unique opportunities and funding available and even discount programs available for veterans. So uh, if you have uh, served and or if you're retired, you know, I would encourage you to definitely look at the opportunities that exist for veterans because that applies to small business. And if you're looking at franchising, there's all types of 
uh, franchises that provide discounts, significant discounts even, to help you get started there as well. So uh, veterans who are listening today, definitely keep that in mind. Great. Yeah. Great tips. Great things. And I appreciate that. And, you know, James, as we wrap, as we come close to the end of the show, I do kind of want to ask, like, what does the future hold for for James? What does it hold for Buckeye Media Services and FranNet? Is there anything that you're kind of looking forward to or things that, that you're kind of excited for in the future? Again, and, and what I like about what I do through Buckeye Media Services and with FranNet Columbus, every day is a little different. But uh, I enjoy what I do every day. I hope that I can keep this going and sustain this for a long time. I, uh, I've been doing Buckeye Media for almost 18 years now. And in Fraynet, I hope to do that also for the next 17 or 18 years. And, and side by side, moving forward, hoping to help a lot of people along the way. I just I really enjoy what I do. And I don't see a whole lot changing. Uh, maybe one day I'm turning these both over to uh, my children. And that would be probably the next big thing that I'm, I'm looking at on the horizon. My kids, I've got a 21-year-old, a 13-year-old, and an 8-year-old, and they've all grown up in my businesses. And they've followed me, and they, they've done commercial spots with me. They've been with me on recording sessions. Uh, so they've seen the business. And the best thing I could think of is at some point when I'm ready to retire, whenever that might be, to just turn the keys over to the office and, and give them the list and say, good luck, keep it going. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. That's great. I have a, I have a 15 month old son myself, so I'm definitely excited to hopefully share with him some of these experiences and do a lot of what you've been doing. So it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. You got a good thing going on and I, I wish you the best with that. Um, and you know, before we kind of wrap up, I do also kind of want to touch on something I saw in your bio where you've performed in over 500 stage shows and were part of a tour show in Europe and stuff like that. So is that still a passion of yours? I know it's probably changed a little bit with there being no shows with all the pandemic and stuff, but is that still something you do regularly? I do, it. I do that on the side. I have a lot of fun. I've done a lot of stage shows. I toured Europe in 88 and 89, kind of a, uh, uh, King's Island or a uh, amusement park type show, but it was a, a variety a show that we did touring up and down the Rhine in Europe. Uh, but I did over 500 stage shows, uh, not just there, but theater in general. One of the last stage shows that I had that I enjoyed, I was Daddy Warbucks uh, in Westerville uh, at the Civic Theater. Uh, so that was fun. I've done a few independent films. Uh, my latest one, The Journal's coming out here very soon. I've got one called Profiled. Uh, that is also available uh, right now. I think you can get that not through Netflix, but maybe it's on Prime. Uh, I've done a few side uh, film projects, Killer Instincts with Chris Hansen on the ID Discovery channel. I did that. I had fun doing that, oh, nice. uh, serving as a deputy. Uh, that was a true story based on the Craigslist killer uh, that happened in New Albany several years ago. Uh, but all that type of stuff, I do that just, that's my hobby. My wife lets me have a little bit of playtime and fun time. And I, uh, I tend to occupy that time with stage work and film work. That's awesome. And what is the, what is the journal coming up? What is that going to be about? So I'm a doctor in that film and there is a, a young girl and a, another gentleman and one of them needs to get a transplant and uh, you don't know who survives. And in the end, you see that there's some traits picked up from the other uh, as, as, uh, the film comes to a close. So it's kind of an interesting twist. Got a good storyline to it. Nice. And that'll be coming out this year, maybe or is that- yeah, it, it'll be out, uh, after October 17th, uh, going to the preview on October 17th, and then it'll be available online and on demand on a couple of different platforms. 
Awesome. So yeah, definitely stay tuned for that. I'm definitely gonna have to tune in and see your skills in action. So that's exciting. And uh, James, if people, you know, were inspired or want to get in touch with you, either for Buckeye Media Service or Franet, or maybe just to pick your brain, what's the best way to, to get in touch with James Minter? Well, BuckeyeMediaServices.com and FranetColumbus.com. Those are the two websites. And uh, they can certainly uh, email me if they want also, uh, jamesm at buckeyemediaservices.com. And I'll let everybody know, truly, my, my first consultation, our first meeting, always free. I believe that you got to build relationships. I believe in lifelong uh, relationships. And I think it's got to be a good fit. So uh, free consultation for both Buckeye Media Services and for FranNet Columbus. And... Uh, if they want to call me, they can certainly call me as well. It's 614-374-3341, 614-374-3341. Well, that's great. And, you know, James, that's a, it's a great offer, especially in these times where, you know, wallets can be tight in some businesses. So I think even getting a little conversation or something can even make a big difference. So I definitely encourage people to reach out if they're interested. But, you know, James, I really had such a pleasure speaking with you. And I really appreciate you taking the time this morning. And hopefully we'll have you back on one day to talk more about your adventures. And just, you know, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me be a part of the show. And uh, good luck to you as well, you, your family and all your friends. Uh, hopefully the uh, the end of the tunnel is is near and we're going to put this behind us and have a fantastic 2021. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, too. I could not could not have said it better. So, uh, James, thank you. Listeners, thank you. If you want to be a part of the show, you can always send an email to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Once again, that is hello at growlikeaproshow.com. We, our show goes live on 610 WTVN every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and will also be available on podcast services around the globe. So thank you all so much. We look forward to coming back next week with another awesome guest on Grow Like a Pro. And until then, I hope you have a great day and or night. And we will see you next week.